Do you like a good scare? Do you have a dark and disturbing imagination? Then you've come to the right place. Time Warp Studios proudly presents The Shiver Show. Good evening and welcome. I am Mary Labrie, here with co-host Greg Flynn. Our story tonight is The Cellar. Greg, it looks like we're back in a cold, scary cellar tonight. Uh, well, you, you must promise me, Mary, that this show isn't too scary. If there's one thing that's got me jumping behind the couch, it's a ghost story. So I uh, hope it's not about ghosts, Mary. Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> And this would be the lounge or living room. Look at those oak beams. 300 years old and as sound as the day they were put in. Mm. And don't waste your time looking for woodworm, Mr. Baker. The previous owner spent a small fortune doing the place up. Some people have got more money than sense. She said the noises got her down. Listen. Nothing frightening about that, is there? Oh, Paul. How Simon would have loved that garden. Mm. There's even a little boy for him to play with. Where? By the rose bushes. Poor little mite, he, he looks lost. I must see if he's all right. Could you see anyone, sir? No. Uh, there's no children anywhere near here. This cottage is miles from anywhere. Yes. My wife's not very well, Mr. Crawford. We lost our own little boy earlier this year. She often thinks she sees him. Oh, I am sorry. This place isn't for her, then, sir. Why do you say that? Well, your wife needs people. It's far too lonely here. Well, she needs peace and quiet, and that's what this place has got. Our old house has too many memories. Well? He must have run off. But he was there. A little boy, thin, like Simon. He looked half-starved. Mr. Crawford thinks it might be too lonely here for you. Oh, no, I, I wouldn't be lonely. Have we seen everything? Um, isn't there supposed to be a cellar? There is, sir, but we can't get to it. The doorway was in the passage, but the previous owner had it bricked up. Right then, sir. When would you want to move in? Why that door, Alf? Right. Your way a bit. Yep, yep. Right. Hey. That's the lot, then. Thank you. And, uh... Oh, thank you very much. Sorry about the vase. Oh, come on, Bill. I can't think what's happened to my husband. It'll be dark soon. Your husband can't be too far behind. If you're worried, Mrs Baker, bolt your door. You can't be too careful. We shouldn't have left her on her own. She's frightened out of her wits. She's not on her own. She's got the kiddie with her. What kiddie? What are you talking about? He was in the garden, watching us unload. Oh, I never saw him. You want your eyes testing, then? Scruffy little urchin, about six. Goodbye, Mrs Baker. Mummy? Mm. What is it, darling? Help me, Mummy! Help me! Who is it? Who is it? Paul? Is that you? Mummy! Mummy, help me, please! Please Stella. help me! Mummy! Oh. 
I missed the turn off on the motorway, then I got hopelessly lost. You shouldn't have left me here on my now, own. Now, now, easy, easy. <laughs> oh, that's so frightening. Tell me what happened. Well, the, the men didn't leave until later. They said you wouldn't be long, but, but I was worried. Well, I was so tired, I must have fallen asleep in the chair. I heard a child's voice. What? I distinctly heard a child's voice. While you were asleep? Yes. No, I, at first I was, but then I was fully awake. And what did this voice say? It called Mummy, Mummy, and then something about please help me. Mummy? So you were dreaming about Simon? No. No, I was awake and it wasn't Simon's voice and then there was this pounding, someone banging. It came from where the cellar doors bricked up. There was a child sobbing. Oh. Where are you going? There's a sledgehammer in the garage. You want that cellar opened up? I'll open it. Look at the mess. Uh, yeah, we'll clean it up tomorrow. Ah, I do believe. Yes, there's the door. Now, if we can get some of this rubble out of the way. Those boats are recent. Ah. And there's enough of them. Our previous owner must have had shares in a locksmith's. Right. Now for whatever lurks behind that door. Doesn't look very inviting. Would you like to go first? I'm not going down there. Do be careful. Oh. Oh. It's as black as Newgate's knocker down here. No windows. No ventilation. Nothing. Ah, and down. Stone floor. What is it? Oh, it's like a fridge. No wonder he wanted to be let out. What's down there? Oh, come and see. No. You'd be disappointed. It's empty. Not even a coffin with a vampire. And certainly no little boys. But it's safe if you want to come down. I'll take your word for it. Please come up now. Right. Hey, your hands, they're like ice. Yes, we can use it for a deep freeze. Right. Well, there may be nothing down there, but that should stop it from getting out. Well, are you satisfied? I suppose so. You're right, it was a nightmare. I'm sorry. <laughs> you can apologise to me in bed. Oh, come on, leave the mess. We'll clear it up tomorrow. Soup! In the kitchen! Did you get everything? Oh, no fresh beans, only frozen. You're asking for trouble, leaving all the doors open. I hate feeling shut in. I'm sorry about last night, Paul, but I'm going to be all right, I know it. Good. You been down the cellar? No, why? The door was wide open as I came through. I'm sure I bolted it last night. You did? Perhaps that little boy... What little boy? I know you think I'm imagining it, but I saw him in the garden again this morning, Paul. I did. I've already told you. Look, I know there's no other house for miles, Paul, but I saw him. I waved, but he ran away. Well, he could have got into the house and gone down the cellar. It's dark... He'll be frightened. We've got to get him out. Come with me. No, I am not going down there. 
Anyone down there? When are you due to see Dr. Phillips next? I didn't imagine it, Paul. How did the cellar door come open? I couldn't have bolted it properly last night. Right. It's shut now, and it's going to stay shut. Paul... Are you awake? No, I'm fast asleep. What do you want? I can't sleep. <laughs> Thanks for waking me up to tell me. Take one of your sleeping tablets. They're downstairs. Paul? Pig. All right, I'll get it myself. There's no one here. There must be. See for yourself. But he couldn't have got out. And he couldn't have got in. It was bolted. And now we know why she fitted the bolts. We might as well face it, Sue. We've got a ghost. A pathetic, frightened little ghost. All locked up upstairs. Are you sure you want to go? I couldn't stay in this place another minute. <laughs> We could get it exorcised. No. Ah, you'll feel differently after a few days away. Oh, come on, I'll take the case. Paul, the cellar door, it's... it's open again. Let's get out of here. Simon, he wants me. Come on, Sue. But he wants me. There's nothing we can do. Mr. Baker. Hello, Mr. Crawford. Come on in. Huh. Susan? Mr. Crawford, the estate agent. She's not too well again, I'm afraid. You got my letter? Yes, indeed. Hello. Good evening, Mrs. Baker. So, you want to put the cottage back on the market? Yes. You were right. It was too lonely for yes, us. I was afraid of that. When did you leave? About a month ago. Uh, you'd have missed all the excitement, then. What excitement? The search for that little boy. 
What little boy? A little gypsy kid. They had a camp in the woods not far from your place. Of course, you saw him, didn't you, Mrs. Baker? The day I showed you around. And <laughs> I thought you imagined it. There really was a boy? Yes, the poor little mite's mother had died a week or so before. He used to go off looking for her. One day, he just didn't come back. They had search parties out, but they never found him. It's very sad. What day did he go missing? Uh, July the 23rd. The day we left. Paul, suppose he got in before we left. The front door was wide open while you were loading the car. Now, don't fret yourself, Mrs. Baker. If he'd got in while you were there, you'd have heard him. Yes. Yes, of course. We'd have heard him. So we've just listened to The Cellar by R.D. Wingfield. Greg, what did you think? I'm all a quiver, Mary. I thought that was a BBC triumph. That was 15 minutes of, oh, good heavens, what'll happen next fear, interrupted by a lot of screaming, and that was just from me from behind the couch. (laughs) You know, we kick off. There's that nice baker couple, Paul and Susan, about to settle into their secluded cottage in the countryside. And as you and I say on each of these sessions, what could possibly go wrong? Uh, Mm. And it reminded me another of those radio plays we've discussed on the Shiver Show, The House in Cypress Canyon. Yeah, it did have a bit of that sort of vibe to it, didn't it? It did at the beginning of both of them. Everything's tickety-boo and then yikes. Don't unlock the cellar door, whatever you do. And what's the first thing they do? Open that door. She was rather insistent that there was something behind there. The thing I liked about this was he was, he really didn't believe her <laughs> at all. <laughs> um, and telling the the tradesman, oh, my, my wife is not well. I was just thinking this is gaslighting on an epic scale. It, yeah, I totally agree. I, I I just thought he was sort of he throughout the virtually the entire show he's flippant, and then he mixes between flippant and pragmatic. So when the couple agree we've got a ghost, a frightened little ghost, uh, the husband suggests that rather than sell up, they get an exorcist in. <laughs> so, yes. Ah, oh, we'll fix them. I'm sure you can get rid of those just like cockroaches or <laughs> mice. <laughs> um There is a fascination with bricked up things, isn't there? Like in the horror genre, everybody loves the mystery of the bricked up doorway, you know, what's behind there, you know, surely uh, uh, a body, if not a ghost. Yeah, well, I've got to say, if this was the house that I'd bought, um, I'd just tell visitors that the um, uh, bricks and the bolts were a vintage feature and leave them in place. That's leave the bolts of the bricks, not the visitors. You'd take the visitors somewhere away where they wouldn't hear those spooky cries. Mummy, mummy. So what do you think was going on here? Because I think that this is open to debate a bit. I, I thought the same thing. Uh, so can I ask you first? Because sure. I, I was slightly confused about the timing. So uh, I got the, first of all, I get the goosebumps when Susan describes seeing a, a 
a thin, half-starved, poor little mite looking lost by the rose bushes. And I think that's got to be a ghost. You can't mm. fool me. That's a ghost out there. Although, then I get the timeline right. The sighting, was it a, a premonition of the death of the boy in the walled-up cellar? Not actually a ghost? The child goes missing the day they leave. And I think maybe they might have locked him in the cellar by mistake. Because you remember there's that there's that scene where she closes or he closes, I can't remember which one of them closes the cellar door and bolts it shut. But that doesn't explain all the spooky stuff that they hear coming out of the, bas the basement before that, you know, in the earlier scenes. So, I mean, that could all be just a red herring, but it's, you know, it's pretty spooky, that part. So they've, they've got these these, you know, this voice, this child's voice coming out of the cellar, and it's the reason why he knocks the wall down. And then they look in there, and there's nothing in there. But I like your premonition idea, Greg. Like, um, they were hearing the ghost of the child from the future. Is that is that possible? Um, yes, uh, that might explain that might explain my confusion, because. Quite how the idea of, you know, I thought this is a premonition that fitted with the previous owners having already blocked up the cellar door before the bakers arrived. Ah, I think you've explained it, Mary. I wouldn't like to blame the writer, but I suppose you can in some some ways. Uh, so uh, this is um, uh, Mr. Wingfield. Uh, yes, R.D. Uh, Wingfield. R.D. Rodney, Rodney, indeed. Now, he, um, he scripted a number of these radio plays, but he also uh, scripted an appealing uh, English TV series uh, called A Touch of Frost about a police inspector, Frost. Yeah, yeah, I know it well. And so, um, uh, you know, it's part of the series, uh, and one of them was one of the Frost stories. So he's got a credible background, but he also... He is also known for his comedy writing, so I can only assume that explains that um, uh, the male lead, Paul, being less than a gentleman when it comes to talking to his wife. So, uh, for example, after opening the sealed door, Paul peers down the stairs and says to his wife, doesn't look very inviting, would you like to go first? Poor, poor Susan. No wonder she's... Yes, she's got every reason. So um, she's obviously upset about um, the death in the family. Uh, also, she's having trouble sleeping. So she's having trouble sleeping. And he says, well, you know, basically get out of bed, head downstairs and get your own sleeping pills. Yeah, I thought that was that was um, an interesting little scene there with couples. So to be honest, if I was having trouble sleeping, I wouldn't wake up my partner and say, I'm having trouble sleeping. Will you go and get me some sleeping pills? So it's what they call in these programs the dead of night, right? Yes. And you're you're in your pajamas, your gym jams, whatever, and you decide the best thing I can do is go through a haunted house. Looking for looking for sleeping tablets. Looking for some sleeping tablets and knock me out. But I mean, at least uh, you know how you always say the, you know, in horror, they go to the danger. At least these guys moved out. They did actually depart and leave the house behind. So it's not a classic, you know, horror situation where they just continue to live there and, you know, start serving the uh, ghost breakfast. Although I don't have a cellar in my home, I'm still heading off now to the local hardware store, if it's still open, uh, to buy sliding bolts, locks and bricks and cement, purely as a precautionary measure. 
So uh, good night, Mary, and may the only thing in your cellar be wine. <laughs> here, here. That's our show for tonight. Thank you for listening. If you want to follow us on social media, we are out there. You can find The Shiver Show and Time Warp Studios on social media and at our website, which is www.timewarpstudios.com. And if you're listening to us on the radio right now, remember, we are also a podcast. And you can stream us anytime your heart desires at linktree forward slash The Shiver Show. Good night.